0: Hey, Sales Enablement Podcast listeners. Today, we'd like to introduce you to another show by Revenue.io. It's the all new and reimagined RevOps Podcast, where we are interviewing and working with some of the world's thought leaders around sales engagement, sales enablement, and all things go to market. Join me. I'm Alistair Wilcock, Chief Strategy Officer at Revenue IO, along with our prestigious founder and CEO, Howard Brown, as we interview, talk, and ideate about not just how to help sellers sell, but how to help buyers buy. And here's a special episode for you. If you like what you hear, join us and subscribe to the RevOps Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Alistair Wolcock, CSO here at IO, joined with Howard Brown, founder and CEO and All Things Revenue Science. And Along today, we have a special guest joining us from England, Natalie Furness, who is founder and CEO of RevOps Automated. Natalie Howard, welcome. How are you both doing today? Enjoying the summer heat? Doing terrific. So great to be here.
1: Yeah, so great. I mean, as many of you will have heard we're having a little bit of a heat wave over here in the uk well heat wave for us um
0: absolutely so as we jump between metric and celsius and fahrenheit we'll truly create a global message today as best we can on uh on revops uh for where we all are but uh natalie we're, we're thrilled to have you with us and thanks for joining while you are heads down in uh in a hot summer period there over in england today you know we want to lean in you know for everybody listening Natalie comes from a background of strong understanding of the technology side of what's going in the world of revOps both for marketing sales and CS and you know she, her team works very heavily in terms of helping companies both build blueprints how do you actually implement and make this work what's the overarching strategy to actually put in a proper revOps stack? And you know, I I want to start Natalie and Howard with this notion of everybody wants to get at this, but the moment you get outside of the world of high tech, one, RevOps isn't the most known thing. And two, a lot of whitewashing is going on, much like AI was several years ago, right? Where companies just say, Well, I'm an AI company. And because I'm an AI company, it must be something cool. Right? Now we're seeing the same thing happen in RevOps, right? People are just saying RevOps, but they actually aren't building it correctly and building the right foundations. Uh, Natalie, why don't we start? What what are you seeing out there in terms of this notion of whitewashing?
1: Yeah, I have to say I am in agreement, Um, not just, it wasn't just AI after AI, we had blockchain technology and everything was a blockchain technology. Um, Yep, we're seeing the same sort of thing in revenue operations. Everybody wants to be a rev tech platform of some sorts. And I think it's really tricky because RevTech is yet to be truly defined as, as what it really is, which then means that every company is looking at, you know, SEO search terminology, what are people clicking, what are people looking for? What are people wanting to buy? And they're finding that revenue operations or revenue technology or RevTech is something that drives inbound inquiries. So we're starting to see these labels used over and over again without really seeing how that platform provides revenue intelligence to the system because at the end of the day what's what's most important in revenue operations is we have the right data in the right place at the right time so we can get the revenue insights that we need to improve our systems
0: and howard i think you know we're even seeing the same thing here uh north america certainly around the world and in our client set and elsewhere a lot of this of well how, how do i draw the right insight how do i draw this out of what are either behemoth or or incomprehensible stacks, you know, what have you seen? Have you seen similar types of things to what Natalie's referencing there?
2: Yeah, absolutely. As as we've talked, I think it's really critical to keep the outcome in mind, right? So what are you trying to achieve? And I think going back to RevOps, whether we call it RevOps or enablement or operations or silo busting, the end result is how do we provide a better customer experience, right? How do we identify those areas of our businesses that we need to optimize and automate? And how do we look at the entire revenue organization and find areas to that are both critical to provide reporting and then insights, right? Because reporting is one thing, but what do I do with that data? Right? So yes, we need to centralize data, we need to normalize the data, we need to make sure that we have a tech stack that provides visibility across the entire revenue organization. And then we need to use that to prescribe next best actions to our reps, to our managers, to improve and accelerate revenue growth
0: and i think i would break it down this way for our listeners today we really want to dive into the data and the insight side of how we set up an organization to be successful and you know one we need to help people discover insights that are highly personalized mm-hmm. Another you know, dashboard is not what anybody needs, right? They don't just need broad level, here's how your funnel's doing, you know, here's what's going on, you know, across a large swat of customers. We have actionable, personable things that enable then a contextualized action that enables an intelligent response. And and I you know, I had a colleague of mine back in my Gartner days that said it like this once. And I thought it was wonderful. He said, look, don't make your channels more intelligent. Make your enterprise more intelligent and your customers are going to love you. And, you know, as we think about that, Natalie, you know, so many people want to think of this, well, I'm a marketer or I'm a salesperson or I'm a sales ops or, or rev ops, you know, different titles, these things, you know, how are you seeing people make their, their enterprise more intelligent?
1: It's a great question. And I think people are still siloing themselves in these traditional roles of marketing, sales, service, and, Often when we work with our clients, we really try and like group everyone together around the, you know, the North stars, like what does your company actually want to achieve? Yes, of course, better annual recurring revenue, better revenue, less churn, things like that. But what's going to get you there. And often when we're drilling down more and more things, it comes back to exactly what you were saying in terms of customer experience, you know, how do we deliver? a customer experience that works well across the whole system you know from that first moment that they have awareness of your brand to the onboarding to the revenue generation and ongoing so they not only become a, a lifetime value that's a, a, of great quality to the company but they also refer their friends and, and generate more revenue that way and it's it's getting people to see that they have an impact on revenue no matter how small or what they consider insignificant their tasks are. So I'll give you an example. You have a business administrator whose role is to book a follow-up meeting when someone misses a call. Now, if this is a customer who is yet to close, then that follow-up meeting could be the difference between winning 100K and losing 100K. So actually, your whole team needs to be considered as part of your, your revenue team. And getting people to really take ownership of that impact, both positive and negative, is a really good way to start. And and we try as best as we can to bring the whole organization or at least leaders from each department and some end service and customer facing teams into our workshops so we can really truly align people around this notion that we're all responsible for our company's revenue.
2: I'd love to dig into that some more. So when you think about all of these traditional roles, they all have, for the most part, uh, a leader. And that leader is responsible for a set of people with very distinct tasks and focus. And then they have their own operations folks as well as their own technology stacks. So how do you start to unwind that? How do you start to get to a place where leadership understands that this has to truly be a joint effort. And that may mean letting go of a bit of control or the tool sets that they find so critical to their everyday operations.
1: Firstly, every organization is different and every organization is at a different stage on this journey, this revenue transformation. Some organizations truly work collaboratively and have from the beginning, and maybe as they scale, maybe as they go into different regions and they have to put in this more hierarchical structure, they start to lose that. So what we're noticing more and more is that organizations are bringing in, whether it be a CRO, so Chief Revenue Officer, or a Chief Commercial Officer, sometimes we're seeing them in the UK, in which that person has been brought into a line all of the operations and systems across those teams. Now, what we're also keen to do is not implement change too quickly for some of these organizations because we know cultural and behavioral change takes a long time. So organizations that have these sort of operational silos in place, it's a case of, putting in those infrastructures or those team members often in a revenue team that then start aligning. So we're seeing CROs that are now bringing revenue analysts underneath them that look at across the whole customer journey. We're seeing head of rev ops, which often they will have the, um, maybe the sales ops, marketing ops and service ops actually report into them as well. So getting this, you know, cross-functional idea, as well as those operations, people reporting maybe into the um, CSO and CMO as well. So that's what we're starting to see a little bit of in that terms. But we're also starting to see organizations that have maybe done their series A, maybe their series B even, and they've got a CEO who decides their first hire now is going to be a CRO. You know, somebody who from the offset is going to start implementing this culture of alignment, of revenue insights and intelligent insights that then actually guide the whole team. One other interesting change we're seeing as well is instead of organizations considering themselves as marketing and sales, they're actually starting to group this idea of demand generation, because you know, in the outer funnel, you might have an inbound approach, so your marketers are actually delivering content to drive inbound inquiries, but your sales team might be doing outreach, which is also a demand generating activity. Well, why do these have to be separate? Why couldn't demand generation be in a, a collaboration between marketing and sales driving inbound inquiries? And just starting to put those kind of notions towards some of our clients, They're seeing the benefits of all of those teams focusing on getting those inbound inquiries.
0: I I like all of that. And I want I want to really press on this a little bit. And I want to be a little contrarian here, Natalie and Howard, because again, um, when we look at the results and you talk to CEOs literally around the world, especially in the technology space, but in beyond tech, 79 percent actually will say they don't actually have alignment around how they produce revenue. Right. So, so yes, this is happening. That's of course, creating the change for RevOps. So then you double click. And I remember I did this, you know, about a, you know several, several months ago, it was with a bunch of CMOs and analysts and cohorts. And they're like, well, okay, kind of get this whole RevOps thing, but it's just sales and marketing alignment. Marketers in particular, I would suggest often push back because there's a lot of who moved my cheese here. Natalie, you're saying you're bringing a CRO, a CRO that now is in charge of potentially marketing, sales, CS, a whole bunch of things, and CMOs and marketing departments go, well, hold on, I don't, I don't report into sales. There's almost like this anxiousness here, of why, why would I do that? My job is bigger than just the revenue. I have brand. I have all of these other very important functional things. Maybe true, but. When you got 79% of CEOs saying, look, I don't have alignment on how I even produce revenue. How do you help a marketing department shift off of, well, I did my job. I gave a bunch of MQLs, marketing qualified leads. I, I gave a bunch of sales approved leads or sales qualified leads to my team. I, I'm done, aren't I? Isn't that it? I, how do we culturally, how do we move them down that path?
1: There's a couple of things here the first one is looking at revenue attribution reporting it's it's one of those things that when we start showing marketers their impact on revenue so they can visualize the channels and tactics which are turning into deals and those deals are turning into revenue and they can actually see their impact on revenue and maybe even rewarding them based on their revenue that they are generating we're actually getting them not to think about reporting to sales or transferring over to sales, but getting them to really focus on the impact their efforts are having on revenue. And I mean that again, there's a lot of issues around what type of attribution modeling should we be using? Should we be doing first touch, last touch combination, all those sorts of things. But what I would suggest to people is don't try and focus on exactly how, or the details of how you're going to show marketing their impact on revenue but start showing them because it actually makes marketers feel really good when they can see that their efforts are having an impact on revenue. I think for too long, we've almost said, oh, well, it's an MQL. I think by stopping at MQL, you're actually stopping your marketers from being able to succeed in generating you revenue because they've not seen that impact. And I'm from, I'm a marketer by background predominantly. Yeah. I mean if anything i would say we need more marketers to actually be going after these cro roles you know it's not just a sales thing you know and also some customer service success people going after these cro roles yes traditionally people come from a sales background but that doesn't have to be the case
2: yeah i would add if you have a ceo who is focused on setting organizational wide goals and requiring the organization to align. Here are our revenue targets. Everybody is accountable for those revenue targets. That way you get your leadership team working in the same direction. We're all trying to achieve numbers, absolute numbers. And it's not easy by no means, but you my experience is you see how quickly people can align when everybody is working in the same direction. They're clear on what their goals are. You have proper reporting in place. So it's not about pointing fingers at what's the best thing or what's more effective with one part of the organization. It's we're all moving in the same direction. And that sort of alignment makes it much easier than to go and say, okay. What are we trying to accomplish we're trying to accomplish a better buyer's journey we're trying to accomplish a better customer journey if we're all aligned on that let's talk about how to do that as an organization and so i think it's really important to state the goals early and very often as you move into this transformation process
1: so i'm going to loop back on on what you said and and almost maybe say something a little bit controversial in the sense of if you gear your marketing team up to deliver MQLs, you've already lost mm-hmm. because an MQL it's- is a lead qualified by marketing. Yeah. You have no idea if sales are going to accept that or if that's going to turn into revenue. So, totally agree. Let's really focus on aligning all of our revenue goals.
0: I, I love that. And I think that's such an important example as well, there, Natalie, that you give of you know, the MQL is not the be all end all measure in the case of marketing. And what I'd really invite our listeners to consider here is as you build a RevOps organization, revenue doesn't just come from selling the new, it comes equally as much from the highest growth companies of selling the people you already have, right? So thinking pre and post purchase is really important. And people go, well, what would marketing ever have to do with, with post purchase? Would you, we'll keep on this marketing track here for a second. Well, you know, start to think about the digital experience, start to think about the insights that are drawn off of uh, product usage. Think of how that is then triggering certain sales motions and moments of when marketing can engage, right, of where they are. So you, you start to think about all of this journey on pre and post-purchase and start to say, well, marketing traverses all of that. I think, madly, to your exact point there. It's not about MQLs anymore. Like what, what's, what's the three-letter acronym we want to use for generating the revenue after the deal's been done for marketing? How are they going to measure themselves there? I think they already say, well, I don't have one, right? So you better have an insight. You better understand the digital and creative experience that you're driving post-purchase as well. And, and everybody here may, you know, the listeners in, especially Natalie, you started with giving reference to kind of series A, B companies in the UK, even at series A, series B. You know they're going to get all excited about growing their ARR numbers, so the annual recurring revenue numbers. They're going to be very excited about growing their top line. But what they will all quickly realize is that their net retention rates, their churn rates, are equally as important. And look, Howard, you you have been successful. You've been fortunate. You've you've been launched and built and exited a couple of companies. We have Revenue IO is one of the biggest game changing ones out there, but you know, you've seen this scenario of pre- and post-purchase. What what would you say to that?
2: Yeah, it's, it's it's critical to think about the lifetime value of your customer, right? It's not just about acquiring a customer. Matter of fact, you acquire the wrong customer it can do more harm to your organization. So you have to figure out what that ideal customer looks like and make sure your team is focused on going after that type of customer because the last thing you want today is to acquire a customer that's going to churn after 1 year we spend a tremendous amount to acquire a customer right it's a lot of money to get them implemented to get them onboarded to to quite frankly all the marketing that's involved now it's about retaining that customer in order to retain a customer you have to continue delivering value you have to continue being that thought leader in the space that's constantly making them better, which means you have to understand their business, you have to understand the utilization of your product within their organization, and your customer success team needs to focus on delivering continued value to them so that at the end of a year, at the end of six months, at the end of 18 months, they're constantly seeing more value from your tool and your organization.
0: Natalie this big thing there like as Howard just said the value from the org what's your thoughts if you were sitting there today in front of any any number of people that are trying to improve this alignment issue what's what's kind of your top 3 things you're going to tell them to change on culture and and this process
1: bring everybody together in the same room number 1 like have that time that one hour just to sit and walk through what are our top line goals? You know what are we trying to achieve here? And Howard spoke about how expensive it is to acquire customers and how important it is to get that lifetime value. And you know if you haven't looked at the CAC to LTV ratio and like you know the calculation there, and you know we're trying ideally to achieve a minimum of one to five return. If we cannot one to seven, is I- ideal for SaaS companies. This is where you're going to continue to, to generate profits. And that's what's going to sustain your organization. That's going to be what allows you to hire more people, to invest more in your RevOps systems, and, and to keep your company going. Because if you don't, then your company won't exist. You know, that's the end. And I'm just going to circle back to something as well that Howard said about the insights and making sure you have the right insights and also involving your customer support and product side. Get the information that's stuck on the back end of your admin system off of there and back into your CRM. Get the data where everybody's living. You don't want your sales team to not know how active somebody has been on your platform or your customer success team. There will be specific events that you want to keep an eye on. Take those events, build a customer health score and get that customer health score in the CRM system, which can help trigger workflows so that you can address people when they need to be addressed.
0: Spot on. So Howard and Natalie, this has been a fantastic discussion here today. I really have enjoyed this. But I want to close on a final thought here. There's a famous book called Who Moved My Cheese? And it's about organizational change. And, And the simple paraphrasing of it is that everybody loves innovation. They love concepts and ideas until it happens to them. And RevOps is absolutely going to impact all of the organizations that we have set today. So with that thought in mind of how do we help people when we're asking them to move their cheese, I want to close there and pick up in our next session and dive into that, Natalie and Howard, and understand exactly what would we do to really help people embrace and get excited about this world of RevOps going forwards. And for our listeners tuning in, Natalie, thank you so much for joining us from a very hot England day. And also, I know that you have some really exciting things coming up in terms of RevOps Automated and some future tech interviews and areas like that. So I really want to invite everybody to go hit you up on LinkedIn, check out your website. It's RevOps Automated. And just engage with Natalie. If you're a CRO, if you're a CSO, you're ahead of any form of revenue and looking to drive insight, you're a wonderful person to connect. Uh, Natalie, any other places they can go to connect with you?
1: I would say LinkedIn is the best. I'm I'm there pretty much every day and I like to share free advice and information there. So follow along.
0: We love that too. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Don't forget to like and subscribe and we will see you on part two to figure out what happens when we move some cheese.